1: Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and The Spectator. Especially
2: Grace. Grace, stand up.
1: Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grace Curley Show. We're waiting on our guest, but it actually gives me a little bit of time here, Jared, to play a sound cut. That I stumbled across recently and it's from the 1970s from the former prime minister of Israel and Jared you pointed this out in the last hour but it still holds up pretty well it still rings pretty true um this is Gold- Golder uh can I have cut two please Jared
3: pull back to the borders of 67 and then there will be peace we were in the borders of 67 why was there war and immediately after the war, we said, let us sit down and negotiate peace. They didn't do it. In one of our uh, kibbutzim right across Jordan, that has been shelled day and night. The father with a little boy of four was in the shelter. The child was scared and cried. And they said, look, don't worry. These are not the shells from the other side. These are our shells. The child said, do they have shelters for the children on the other side? Because, you know, the children are not to blame that their fathers are fatah. It's difficult.
0: Yeah, and uh, I've heard this before. Actually, the the mother of the children who was who were being held hostage by Hamas, who was interviewed by Andrea Mitchell, she talked a little bit about this too. Because Andrea Mitchell was, it was very inappropriate asking her, you know, how she felt about the innocent Palestinians, and she had to set Andrea Mitchell straight, basically, and say, listen, you know, I'm worried about my kids right now. They they were just kidnapped. Um, Which is insane that Andrea Mitchell lacks the basic human decency not to realize it's not the right time to ask this woman that. But her overall point was it's it's hard when only one side is valuing human life. And Hamas does not value human life. If we've noticed anything since October 7th and and before that, it would be that key part of this. And... That's that's lost on not not just these Ivy League students, but these Oakland residents, um, the U.N. apparently. And it's very, very disturbing. And, and the squad members. I wanted to tell people this, too. The House of Representatives uh, voted yesterday on reaffirming Israel's right to exist. You think that'd be an easy one for everybody? Not so. In fact, two Democrats voted um Voted actually one, voted present and one didn't vote. Care to guess who the two Democrats were? Hmm, it's gonna be really hard, Jared. Talib voted present and ah. Cori Bush didn't vote. Oh, wow! I thought Omar would be the one that didn't vote. Sent this the whole thing was centered on Israel's existence and it was too hard. It was too hard for them to decide.
2: So Cori Bush deserves existence on this planet, but Israel doesn't.
0: Exactly. Um, joining us now, very excited. She was on with us before Thanksgiving. Uh, the audience loves her. It's Libby Emmons from the Post Millennial. And Libby, you know, we just had you on, but then this story broke and the Post Millennial has been covering it um, in, in a lot of detail. This is pretty nuts. This, A lot of people think this is like Nicholas Sandman part two. Give us the rundown of how a Kansas City Chiefs fan has now been in the national news for a few days.
4: Yeah, so a kid went to a, a, a Chiefs game over the weekend. He, it was a little kid, you know, and he wore uh, basically a Chiefs mascot outfit. He painted his face half red and half black. He wore a headdress. And the next thing you know, the um, outlet Deadspin took aim at this kid, said that it was racist that he was there, that the, uh, NFL needed to speak out against the Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface, Native headdress, and uh, really went to town on this kid. Well, it turns out, after a day or so of, um, you know, blasting this kid on Twitter and whatever else, it turns out that the kid actually is Native American. Not only is he Native American, but he was wearing Chiefs colors. I mean, it was there was nothing racist about it. And the kid's mom came out on social media and said, oh, actually, by, by the way, uh, the boy that has been targeted is named Holden Armenta, and he is Native American. So that was pretty shocking. And, it, you know, he's, uh, his grandfather sits on the board of the Chumash tribe, um, you know, and it was really just a total freak out story from some ridiculously liberal, over-the-top journalist at Deadspin who's been nominated for a Pulitzer, and it turns out that he was letting his, um, you know, his racism get away from him.
0: Karen Phillips, yes, nominated for a Pulitzer. I, I would love to say I'm surprised by that, but if you know anything about the standards for a Pulitzer, you th- that makes perfect sense. That's pretty on brand for them. One thing you just pointed out, though, Libby, that um, I, I didn't really catch on to at the beginning of the story, but I think it's an important piece of it. It's not just that Karen Phillips was blasting this young child um, based off lies you know he did not have the full story he did not do the research we talked about this just the other day Libby when you were in studio the importance of getting all the facts before you go to print especially if you're going to target this innocent young kid who's at a football game but beyond that it's the fact that in the headlines of this he's calling out the nfl and he wants them to get involved and he almost the the sense i got from it is that it's like a pressure campaign which we've seen so many times before you better do what i want you to do or else i'm gonna make your life tough as well let's talk a little bit about that and and do you think the nfl is thinking to themselves right now thank god we let this story play out before we put out a statement
4: Yeah. And it's, you know, maybe even a little surprising that they did let it play out before putting out a statement. Everyone is so uh, intent on making sure that they appear as 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 least racist, as least gender biased or whatever else is possible. They these executives hang around clutching their pearls, um, you know, just waiting for an opportunity to have to to show their their um, allegiance to the new woke religion. Um, But, yeah, what what the writer for Deadspin was really trying to do was to not just uh, implicate this kid and perhaps this kid's family, but to get the NFL all up in arms about, you know, people dressing up at games in ways that this guy thinks is inappropriate. And it really does speak to this tattletale culture that we have going on where as soon as you see anything that disagrees with you personally, you decide that some authority figure needs to swoop in and deal with it. Um, I'm glad the NFL did not go along with it, Uh, you know, and hopefully that will curb their impulse to do so next time.
0: Now, Libby, uh, another this is getting compared a lot to Nicholas Sandman because he also became kind of the focus of this attention through no fault of his own. In the case of Nicholas Sandman, he decided to sue. Uh, he sued CNN. Do you foresee this young man or his family suing Deadspin? I don't know how much money Deadspin really has going for it, but what do you think going to how is this going to play out?
4: Uh, You know, I don't know if they would sue them. You know, They certainly are entitled to do so. There does seem to be a case for defamation here. They called their little kid racist and anti-Native American, even though he is Native American. And it makes sense to bring up the case of Nicholas Sandman because what did he do? He was at a protest um, in favor of, you know, pro-life perspective. He was opposed to abortion. An older gentleman got up in his face and... Sandman stood there and took it, right? The guy was, like, yelling at him, whatever, cursing at him, and Sandman just took it. And he was lambasted for having a smile on his face as he stood there and took the abuse. Uh, He was a kid. He was a teenager, you know. And as we all know, uh, it's very possible to have weird reactions to things, especially when you're getting randomly, you know, verbally abused by a stranger. Like, what are you supposed to do in that situation? They called him, they said that he had a punchable face. They said that he was racist because he stood there and, you know, had a facial expression. That was absolutely insane. Uh, Maybe these, maybe this family should take a page out of that book and call up Sandman's attorney and see if they could get something going with that. Because it is rather similar. This kid was just out there enjoying a football game with his family. And the next thing you know, he's blasted across. The, the press for, um, you know, these false accusations.
0: Yeah. And I also think that it's it's telling that at first Karen Phillips says, oh, this is blackface. And then once it comes out that actually he had half his face painted red and half his face painted black, he, he doubled down and said, well, this is even worse than blackface. And now there's this kind of rush to delete all of these tweets that kind of gives away a lot to Libby.
4: Yeah, it does. I didn't know that he was deleting tweets, but you know, for sure that gives a lot away because he clearly realizes that he was a total doofus and had absolutely no business blasting this kid. Um, and when in fact, given the, given the tenets of his own woke religion, he should be praising the kid for expressing his own cultural identity. You know, that's what should be going
0: on here. <laughs> that's just what I've read, that he's deleted the tweets. Perhaps he's still very proud of them and they're still up, but I have read that, that one of them at least, the one accusing accusing this young boy of double racism, I read, was deleted. Uh, Libby Emmons, we thank you so much for coming on with us. Let people know where they can find you and where they can check out all the stories of the Postmillennial.
4: You can find me at Libby Emmons on Twitter, and you can check out what we're doing at thepostmillennial.com. And we'd be glad to have you subscribe at com slash subscribe. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much, Libby. This is a story that I think uh, is going to be in the news for a little bit longer, if I had to guess. We will be right back. We'll take your calls on this. And there's so many other stories that we need to get to before we bring on Toby in the two o'clock hour, including illegal immigration. And um, there's just there's a lot of sound as well. And you guys are not going to want to miss it. Speaking of things you don't want to miss, Jared. Where, you know, it's getting chilly outside, people are getting stressed out, you got that people trying to get all their shopping done, that holiday traffic, and I always let people know, it's okay to take a breather. It's okay to take a moment, maybe a weekend, and unplug and relax and try to actually enjoy this time of year, because what happens is people get so wrapped up in checking things off their list that they miss the Christmas spirit. They, they miss what it's all about. But if you set aside time, for example, to go to the nosset Beach Inn where you can relax and look at the ocean and enjoy yourself, you're actually going to be soaking in what makes this time of year so special.
2: Yeah, and everybody's budget is tight right now, especially around gift giving season. So you can have a getaway that's not far away and that is... Tranquil and serene, and that's the Nosset Beach Inn. It's right down on the Cape. It's not really that far from our listening audience wherever you are. And not only is it tranquil, but you're right on the ocean. You get the the great ambiance of the beach in winter down in Cape Cod. They have fire pits so you can be outside on the cooler or the colder nights. If you don't want to be outside, there's picture windows in each room so you can look out at the ocean in your room which has its own fireplace. It's cozy. You see stars at night, which is something a lot of people in the city don't get to do. Uh, The views are just absolutely incredible. It's tranquil. It's great to just be down there. It's quiet. It's peaceful. That's the best way I can describe it. And if you go down there in December, the Christmas trees are up, and that's uh, that's a pretty cool little ambiance as well.
0: And unlike the Christmas trees in dc the joe biden christmas Please tree these up. ones are standing they're up they don't need a crane they're standing they're beautiful and you can see them so right now you can stay at the nasa beach Inn for under 200 this winter don't delay these rooms go really fast they just opened up a bunch of reservations for winter getaways and i know people love to get away this time of year and just take a little pause from all the madness so it's a great place to stay during school vacation weeks and it's pet friendly and like Jared said you can't beat these views every single room has a wonderful view of the ocean to reserve your ocean view room go to com. that's com. and one other thing i'd add in here is people love the ocean in the summertime but what, what if you're in new england and you've never spent a night or two on the ocean in the winter off season it's so special it's so cool Um, It's really something to see. So make sure you go do that. Reserve your room. That's com. We will be right back.
2: You're
1: listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show.
0: If you listen listened to The Grace Curley Show, you know that one of the staples of this show is that I occasionally will mispronounce things. And I do apologize for that. Golda Meir is how it's pronounced. Uh, did I get that right, Jared? Golda Meir, yes. Former Prime Minister of Israel. Yeah, and some people on the text line are correcting me. I don't pretend to be a historian. I appreciate the correction, and I hope going forward I will get it right. I do want to play one more cut from her, though, because the, the second part of this stuck out to me as well. This is cut... To
3: Jared, but the second to to B, please. We value life, not only our own, just we value life. This is our strength. Maybe you want to say this is our weakness because Arab leaders are not so sensitive to the, the very question of life, of having people alive instead of dead.
0: You know what's interesting? She says we value life, and this is something that I've been thinking about A lot lately when I read the news stories and you can make the argument you can say well you know maybe this kind of evil that we're seeing and I don't just mean Hamas I mean there's this real rot that's happening and maybe it's just that it was always there and we just didn't have access to it maybe we didn't know about all of the evil corners of the world Um, but when I read about like these kids for example in Las Vegas ganging up on this one kid and, and, and beating him to death Or, you know, kids stabbing each other in schools or these teenagers running over a retired police chief in their car just for fun. That's the fundamental difference right now with a lot of people. Some people value life and some people just don't. And I don't know when that I don't know when that rot started to occur where there's people who really don't care if people die. And to bring it back, though, to Israel... That's why um, I, I think it's so frightening to see like these residents in Oakland saying, oh, don't say this about Hamas, don't say that about Hamas. They really, they cannot grasp. And, and some people have called in and some people have texted in and said it's a lack of critical thinking, but they really can't grasp the, grasp the level of evil that is going on and how, yeah, you can be queers for Palestine, you can be uh, abortion rights activists for Hamas and you know all these things, and you are not going to be treated well once this leaves Israel and comes here. But there's no amount of combating this propaganda that can make these people understand it. They're just, they're just I hate to say it's a lost cause, but the level of stupidity that's out there is pretty frightening. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. On a lighter note though, Jared, it's a great story. So there's a man from the Rhode Island chapter of Black Lives Matter. And he has come out and he's endorsed Donald Trump. And I saw him yesterday because he was on Fox News and it was really funny because Ainsley, uh, she was teasing the segment. Ainsley's very prim and proper, Ainsley Earhart. And she was teasing the segment and she said, you know, the, the leader, the former leader of the Black Lives Matter chapter in Rhode Island says he's he's now voting for Donald Trump because all of the candidates, all the other candidates suck. And then the cameramen started laughing at Fox because it's not something she typically would say. And she said, those are his words, not mine. And it, get, <laughs> it gets even funnier, though, because Trump did something. I love this. So I give Trump a hard time. It's, that's not going to stop. I'm still going to criticize Trump sometimes. Sorry. Cry about it. Don't care. But I do love when Trump knows exactly what buttons to push, like when he knows exactly what kind of troll job is required. This is this is peak Trump trolling. He's not just going to say, look at this man who used to be in charge of the Black Lives Matter in Rhode Island endorsing me. He's going to lump in the entire organization, which is going to drive them absolutely bananas. Jared, can you read the truth?
2: Yeah, Donald Trump truth this about 10 minutes ago spoke with mark fisher yesterday a great guy very honored to have his and blm's support (laughs) i have done more for black people than any other president lincoln question mark including (laughs) 10-year funding for historically black colleges and universities where they had none opportunity zones criminal justice reform and much more thank you mark
0: now this is a time
2: uh, where Donald, I should have had Donald Trump Mr. BLM
0: you know what I should have had Taylor read that Jared you did a wonderful job but the part that I really would have loved to have in Trump's voice is the Lincoln question mark Lincoln question mark Like he knows the man has a sixth sense for how can I take something how can I take a bit of positive news and not just brag about it but use it to really put the screws to all the people that hate me so much and he figured it out. I hope he goes on the campaign trail saying this. Have you guys heard? I was endorsed by Black Lives Matter. They love me. Black Lives Matter, the organization loves me. It's a beautiful thing. We'll be right back.
1: Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio.
0: Welcome back, everyone. No, it's not Cyber Monday. It's not even Cyber Tuesday or Cyber Wednesday, but we're still giving you a great deal. If you go to HowieCarshow.com or gracecurlyshow.com, you're getting a signed copy of Paperboy with free shipping for an unbelievable price. So get yourself there now. This is a really great Christmas gift for someone in your life who loves Howie Carr um, and it will be signed ready to go so it's very easy peasy go to gracecurlyshow.com, click on store to get that awesome deal and you know what Jared we should do the poll question because while people are at the store they can also vote in the poll question and it's brought to you by Tux Trucks GMC Fisher. Two big names in snow removal, GMC and Fisher. Get both at Tux Trucks GMC Fisher in Hudson, Mass. Tux Trucks can build a GMC Fisher plow combination that will easily move more snow for you. Talk with a sales consultant at Tux Trucks GMC Fisher. Just call 1-800-MY-TRUCK. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll
2: question, which you can vote in at GraceCurleyShow.com, is has the uptick in retail crime affected your in-store shopping habits?
0: Yes. Yes, it it has. Um, I won't say that's the only reason. There's definitely a, a level of ease that comes with online shopping that I appreciate, but I would be lying if I, if I said that part of me doesn't occasionally think of the fact that you have a, a, be, a much higher chance of running into someone who's trying to rob whatever store you're going to if you actually shop in store. Um, So yeah, I would say it's changed. It's changed the foot traffic. Is that how they put it now? They say the the foot traffic of the stores has changed. So we've decided to shut down the stores. All the stores where this foot traffic has changed, Jared, they tend to be in San Francisco, New York City, just, you know, sensing a theme here. They're not run by MAGA Republicans, in other words. But yes, I would say it's changed the way I shop.
2: 52% say it has not changed the way they shop. 33% say they do more online shopping. And 16% say they will only do online shopping now.
0: And I want to talk about the shoplifting because this story from Seattle is pretty interesting. But I want to say this as well, since we're talking about online shopping versus in-store shopping. It's crazy how the Internet has changed how you view in-store shopping. Like when I go into a store now, Jared, and I look around, I almost always say to myself, wow, there's not a lot here. But it's because there's there's plenty in the store. But it's because in our minds now, we're used to going online and having Every single size, every single color, every single everything at the, at, just at the click clack of a keyboard. So you go into these stores and you're like, mm, they're kind of running low, huh? Not a lot of inventory these days. But we're all just used to going online and getting it delivered the next day. Maybe not all of us. Um, I will say there are certain things that I like to shop for in store that that probably won't change. You know, furniture, I like to see furniture before I buy it, um jeans I really like to try on jeans I don't like to buy them online so just certain things but shoplifting is a huge problem right now and there are union walkouts happening at three different Macy's stores in Seattle now this is from the Wall Street Journal it says union walkouts these days are common for pay raises But get this, over the weekend, hundreds of workers at three Macy's stores in the Seattle suburbs went on strike to protest rampant shoplifting and risks to employee safety. United Food and Commercial Workers Local 3000 says Macy's is not doing enough to address shoplifting, violent shoppers and other safety threats to workers and customers. Now, some of the evidence here involves a longtime employee at Macy's. Her name is Lisa Lewick. And she worked at this Macy's, right? And she would see shoplifting occurring all the time. And occasionally she'd even see violence. One of the times she called 911 because it was someone who had shoplifted at the store repeatedly. She calls 911. And when Macy's found out, now this is according to the story, Macy suspended her without pay for nearly three weeks. This is not the first time I've heard about this. Remember when I was on maternity leave, Jared, and there was, or maybe it was right before I went on maternity leave, like the day before, there was a story about Lululemon.
2: And yeah, Georgia, I believe.
0: Yeah. A- and the workers tried to stop somebody from shoplifting, or they called the cops afterwards, and they got in trouble. And trust me, I know we live in bizarro times. I know it's the upside down world. I know nothing makes sense. But I really do not understand this. I will even give you the fact that. I understand why, let's say, the head of a giant store, let's just hypothetically, let's say I ran Best Buy. I understand why someone at Best Buy might say to their employees, if someone's trying to steal something, do not get involved. Because you could argue that if they do get involved, they're going to get hurt. They're going to put themselves in harm's way. And you don't want to be liable for it. And you also don't want somebody killed over, you know, a flat screen TV or, you know, whatever someone's stealing. I get that. I do. What I don't get. Is if the employee watches someone steal a flat screen TV, calls the cops up and says, hey, somebody just stole something. And then you fire that person or you suspend them without pay. What part of that makes any sense? It doesn't. It's punishing the only person in the situation who's trying to do the right thing. So Macy's declined to respond. But they did say our top priority is to ensure the safety of our colleagues and customers in store. Are you sure
2: that's your top priority?
0: Maybe it's your second or third priority, but I feel like it's not number one based off this story. Miss Lewick isn't alone in worrying about crime. Shoplifters and even violent customers are constant threats to our security. Macy's and others can be forgiven for wondering if calling the cops is pointless. Theft up to $750 is a mere misdemeanor in the state. Yeah, this is part of the problem when you decriminalize all of these, uh, you know, all these charges and you say, well, if you if it's under 750 or if, I think in California, if it's under 950, then don't worry about it. Then you incentivize people to do it. You're, 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 and then but you can turn around your head and say crime is down, though. That's one thing you can say. Crime is down because it takes a lot more now to qualify as a crime. So ipso facto, the numbers are looking pretty good. A Forbes advisor report last week ranked Washington as the worst state in the nation for retail theft. It accounts for 48% more retail theft than expected based on its share of the U.S. population. Now, I just said that I don't understand why you would punish the employee who called the cops. The only thing I can think of is the same reason why when these stores, whether it's Whole Foods or Nordstrom Rack or Macy's, when they shut down certain locations and they come out with the statement, they always say, well, you know, like I said, the foot traffic and the things that have changed. It's like the woman from the U.N. You're saying a whole lot of nothing. And it's
3: blah, 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 blah.
0: I think it's because they don't want to offend people or, or they don't want to lend credence to the narrative from the right that things are out of control. So they say, oh, you know, it's just uh." so maybe that's why they get mad at people who call the cops because it's like, listen, you're you're playing you're giving the right wing mob more red meat. You're giving the right wing radio host stuff to talk about. But at a certain point, the rubber meets the road. Like at a certain point, you have to stop caring about that. You have to stop caring about proving the conservatives right and just start caring about keeping things in the store, I read the other day about a store, and I, I think it was like a Home Goods, but don't quote me on that, where they had framed photos of the products because everything was being stolen. So we've talked about how there's like cages, how you can go into um, Target and there's these clear boxes that everything's locked up in. Al Sharpton once said, They're locking up my toothpaste. But now, in this one particular store, they didn't even bother locking things up. They just had framed photos of the products like toilet paper. There's just a frame with toilet paper in it. I don't know if you can go up and say, hey, this I want this one right here. Can you go in the back? But the shoplifting has just gotten out of control. Now, meanwhile, in New York, again, are you sensing a theme here? Governor Kathy Hochul actually vetoed a bill that would have created a crime task force, something that would actually maybe have a positive impact on the Empire State. She vetoed it. And this is what it called for, a 15-member commission um, to enhance consumer protections and address the impact of retail theft. Hochul vetoed the measure last week without issuing a statement explaining what she objected to in the bill. Let's go to the callers here who want to discuss this. Todd, you're next up on The Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Todd.
4: Hey, Grace. Um, You know, I I, I never understood uh, the situation where uh, when you're exiting the store and you have a security tag uh, on the item that you purchased, and when you go through the exit, uh, an announcer or a recorded announcer says, uh that your tag hasn't been removed, please go back to the cash register and get it removed. Um, you know, basically, you know, it's a volunteer type of system, you know, whereas if you're a real thief, you're keep going. You're not <laughs> you're not going back to that cash register, you know, to get it removed. If you want it, you're walking out the door. And I'm just wondering why there's never been a more, you know, bigger gap between the store entrance and the actual getting into the building.
0: Because I I think, Todd, for a long time, we didn't need that. For a long time, there was a little bit of... I don't know, shame in our society. There was a bit of an honor code. It was like people didn't do this. This kind of ties in to what we were just talking about, about the value of human life and how there was a point where people weren't running down other people with their cars for for kicks and for social media clicks and to ma- impress their friends. There was a point, and maybe I sound like you know the people who talk about going on the airplane in fancy clothes, but I do think we've lost a little bit of that where the honor system and and people, people, stealing's always bad. But people used to not want to get caught. You know, people used to try to cheat the system. They used to try to be sneaky about it. You know, they'd stick it under their arm. They'd have wear a big sweater. They'd pretend to be pregnant. There used to be an art to it. And now people know they're being recorded. They know someone has their phone out. And they're just clearing off the shelves with a giant trash bag. So there's no shame in it anymore, I guess. And so, yeah, you could say, why don't we do this or why don't we do that? But I I think the bigger point is that for a long time, we didn't have to. Now, Jared, you've been around for many 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 decades um do do you think this is this is a new problem or maybe do i just see it more now because i'm online i'm old and i'm not happy yeah sums it up pretty much
2: no it's uh you're absolutely right whether it be the honor system or just pride in living in a civilization or you know, not being raised by a system that tells you you're a victim, so you deserve justice in any way you can get it through shopping. Like that, that there's an, an entire generation that's just entitled to everything, and I think that part of it. But the biggest part is there's no consequence anymore. Yeah, and not having no to have
0: not having to have these guardrails around everything. You know what it makes me think of? You know the shopping cart theory. Like, okay, so if you, if for people Big who don't know this. In that. Yeah, I am too. So it's this theory that, you know, can people basically live with an honor code? Like, can people do the right thing without fear of, you know, punishment? And the test is, do people put away their shopping carts? Because let's face it, like that last caller said, there is no uh, double, triple check that you're putting away your shopping cart. You're just expected to do it because it's the right thing to do. You don't need a security guard there going, hey, 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 if you don't put away your shopping cart, we're going to fine you $10. It's just a convenient, it just makes other people's lives easier. You're not leaving it in the middle of the parking lot. You're just being a decent human being. We've lost that. I think right now that shopping cart theory, Jared, that honor code system is gone. I still put away my shopping cart, humble brag, but I think that this idea of like, well, why don't we do this or why don't we do that? Why don't people just not steal? Like, is that the craziest thing? Why don't we start there? Now we're going to start blaming the stores, you know, like, oh, their entrances are too small. I don't even know. We're going to start getting into the nitty gritty of that when it's like it goes, it kind of ties into the gun debate, too. There's been plenty of times in history where people had just as much access and these things weren't happening. So perhaps, dear Brutus, y'all know where I'm going with this now. I'm not going to butcher Howie's favorite quote, but... Maybe this is an us problem, you know? Maybe this isn't the tags in the store and the alarm systems. Maybe this is a societal issue that we've got to figure out. I was talking earlier about how the UN is telling people to stop eating meat to combat climate change. And to the UN, I say, get off my lawn. It's not happening. We are we are in steak season right now, Jared. And I, I would actually say that steak season is all year round, but I— I specifically love a steak when it gets chilly out. You know, you put it on the cast iron. You have a nice glass of red wine. You get the fire going. There's nothing better. I What do I pair my steak with? French fries, Caesar salad. Occasionally, I'll swap out the French fries for a baked potato. But the possibilities are endless. And that's kind of the theme of Omaha Steaks. There's so many options. So whether you are a steak person and you want to treat yourself to some filet mignons, or if you love chicken, or if you love hot dogs or hamburgers. You can get everything you need. And Jared, you can also get stuff for your friends, for your family. This is a great gift.
2: Yeah, and it's a great deal. Stick it to the UN by eating steak <laughs> and stick it to Bidenomics by taking advantage of the great deals at Omaha Steaks. It's patriotic. It's great. It's America. It, if you encapsulated America, it's wide open skies and steak. That's all there is to it. But it's not just the steak. Their hot dogs are fantastic. Their beef franks, the air-chilled chicken is great. The salmon I haven't tried yet, but I I want to get my hands on that at some point. The scalloped potatoes side, they have sides as well. Like they have a complete meal you can get an entire meal in some of these curated boxes or you can buy sides a la carte. The scallop potatoes, uh we had a couple weeks ago, they were fantastic. Phenomenal. The desserts, the caramel apple tartlets are fantastic. And again, the quality of the the food that you're getting from Omaha steaks is better than what you get in the supermarket. And at this price point, it's cheaper than the lesser meat you can get at the supermarket.
0: And can I add in? You don't have to go to the supermarket, which no, is a huge you do thing. Not. So you want them to stick it to the UN. So these are spite steaks. You want yes. them to get these delicious steaks to spite the UN. You know what? That's something, that's a message I can endorse. I approve. Grace Curley approves this message. Get your Omaha Steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com. Save 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use promo code GRACE, G-R-A-C-E, at checkout, you'll get an additional $30 off your order. People ask me all year long, what's the code? Are you running a deal with Omaha Steaks? And I'm telling you, now's the time. This is the deal.
2: And check out their seasonal items, too, because if you want to buy food for the holidays, they, they have those specials as well so check out the site definitely
0: yeah it's good to have some extra food lying around the day after thanksgiving you want to make a couple burgers you don't feel like you know uh, going to the store and finding a million things it's great to have on hand it's omahasteaks.com use promo code grace at checkout and don't forget when you go to omahasteaks.com to take advantage of the 50 percent off site wide plus use promo code grace at checkout you'll get the extra 30 dollars off your order minimum order may be required get Your steaks and everything else that's so delicious now. We'll be right back.
1: Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curly Show.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Ended up being a beautiful day here in New England, Jared. I have to say, the sun is shining bright. And 978 just wrote in, Hi, Grace, my daughter lives in Portland, and we asked her if she wants a gift card to one of the stores out there, and she said no, because it's too crazy, and so many things are locked behind glass now. It's more of a pain than ordering online. Yeah, and also... Not to sound, because I'm really not a sky is falling type of person, but there's a lot of just nutty people out there now. You know, you go to a store and you, and I remember my, my husband's grandmother telling me she was at a store and people were fighting and it just made me think, oof, I, I, I told her next time you need something, you send me, I'll go get it. You don't need to be going to these stores, but people are just angry, Jared. You know, people are angry. They're on edge. They're ready to fight at the drop of a hat. And I think a lot of, especially if you're in Portland or you're in one of these big cities, a lot of people just would prefer to just stay on their keyboards. Um, I wanted to say one thing here. Hunter Biden is finally going to face hard questions from those who won't ask nicely. Jonathan Turley has a good piece in the New York Post. I'm still not convinced, though, that he's going to show up for anything. Maybe I'm just a skeptic. We've got Toby Leary coming up next. Get on the lines. It's 844-500-4242.